0: So go to squarespace.com/stuff right now, and you will face a free trial. And when you get ready to launch, use our offer code stuff, and then you'll save ten percent off your first purchase of a website or domain. How could you go wrong with Squarespace? When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family, and with my boyfriend, and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I
1: was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, visit BetterHelp.com stuff today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash stuff. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and uh, it's just the two of us, again. Man. Not getting any easier. This is just uh, it's getting old. This man. We need Jerry back. Where are you, Jerry? Where'd you go? I know. Selfish Jerry wants to be at home with her baby. Yeah. We all went to shopping at Kmart, and she wandered off, and we haven't seen her since.
1: We all want to be at home with Jerry's baby.
0: Sure. It's a cute baby, but we can't be.
1: You know the old joke that Jerry could be replaced with a one of those dipping birds just to hit record? Yeah.
0: We were just kidding. It's that's kinda, happening. It's true. It is true. Maybe not the post-production stuff, but definitely the recording thing. It clearly takes a finger to say, <laughs> okay, you guys are rolling. I yep, mean, we cannot stop griping about this song.
1: Huh? I know, it's just weird, you know. When a threesome becomes a twosome things get awkward. Yeah.
0: A triad becomes a dyad?
1: Or when a Twosome becomes a threesome. That gets super awkward.
0: Or, I mean, really, anytime you're moving people in and out of some sort of dynamic, <laughs> sure. it can be weird. <laughs> that's right. The transition be rough. I think is the that's what you'd put on the t-shirt ultimately. Yeah. Right? The transition is rough. <laughs> anytime you're moving people in and out of a dynamic. Ready? Yes. Didn't we say that already? Yeah, we're recording. Chuck, I have something for you. Right? <clears throat> I am not much of a gossip At all. I just don't do it. Yeah, good. But do you know who does? Jerry. A lot. (laughs) And she's really vicious. I know she's not here right now. Yeah. But just between the two of us, Uh (laughs) I don't gossip. Jerry does. And you should really watch out for her. I heard that she gossips. I'm not saying that, but I just heard that. I got you. Well, I've seen her do it. She's gossiped to me because she finds me very important and likes to confide in me, but it's just so vicious. So... We just gossiped. We did. That was play acting. The the ironic thing was that I was gossiping about how I don't gossip. Yeah. That that came through, huh? Everybody gossips. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, apparently, people gossip way more than they realize. But I think you're right. I think gossip is a normal thing. It has such a bad connotation, though, that people say, like, I don't gossip. I'm not a gossip. but L- Liars. Technically, not necessarily even liars. I think it also, as far as, like, linguists and, and psychologists are concerned, yeah. it comes from a misunderstanding of what gossip, what constitutes gossip. That's right. Like, at its basic, barest, bare-bottomed element, gossip is simply two, or it can be more, but a couple of people speaking about a third person's business while the third person isn't there. There's another person who's being talked about. Yeah. who isn't there. It doesn't necessarily mean you're talking about how they're just just what a lousy parent they are. Sure, spending baby shoe money on gambling rather than gambling in order to get more shoes. Yeah. That's bad parenting right there. There's all sorts of stuff you can say. You could also say actually that guy is a great dude. He spends all of his money on nothing but baby shoes. That's gossip. It is gossip, and it's not necessarily harmful. It's, in this case, you're, you're helping someone else's social status in the other people's eyes. That's still gossip.
1: Yeah, I think, um, what's <clears throat> this, uh, Tracy of, uh, Stuff You Missed in History class wrote this one. That is true. She's always thorough. And, uh, <laughs> she included in here something I thought was pretty pertinent, uh, gossip v. rumor. Yeah. Uh, and there are differences in, um, <clears throat> well, I say there's differences, but, if you ask professionals who study this, and uh-huh. there are weirdos who do that, um, they will say sometimes, no, it's the same thing, or a rumor is just a type of gossip. Right. Uh, here's some other distinguishing factors. Gossip is based in fact.
0: Rumors are based in hypotheses. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that one. That makes sense to me because it kind of ties in with the uh, the last one yeah uh,
1: gossip is a tool for maintaining social order which we're going to talk about at length sure uh, rumor is a tool for explaining things that people do not understand I'm not sure I get that one
0: like there's garbage raining from the sky it's the government that's a rumor uh, okay whereas if you're like Charles is up on the roof again dumping his garbage out on the street that's gossip Technically so, yeah. (laughs) Or that's just laying it out there, you know? Yeah,
1: true. Uh, And then finally, gossip relates something people believe has happened, but rumor expresses
0: something people hope or fear will happen. So I have my own hypothesis of the distinction between rumor and gossip. Let's hear it. Uh, Rumor is uncurated gossip. Rumor is any dude walking down the street, you can be like, "Uh, there's garbage falling from the sky and it's the government. There's no bond that's formed. There, there's no requirement of a bond. Yeah. Whereas gossip requires some sort of connection, or you're forming a connection from the gossip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rumors just for anybody. Gossip is between confidants to an extent.
1: Yeah, and uh, Tracy points that out too, and that is why supposedly celebrity gossip isn't qualifies doesn't qualify as gossip because it's a third party that doesn't know the others in general. Sure, unless it's you know Jennifer Aniston is talking smack about. Brad Courtney
0: Cox. No, she would never do that. Oh, really? No, she loves Courtney Cox. They're still friends, huh? Sure. Why doesn't she ever have her on Cougar Town, then? Uh I think she was on Cougar Town. No, Well, I stayed corrected. Although I have no idea because I've never seen Cougar Town. Did you hear about what happened when <laughs> she was on Cougar Town?
1: <laughs> I heard she washed her hair in Evian water.
0: That's Shannon Doherty. Yeah, that's right. Is that a rumor or gossip?
1: I don't know. I guess I that it, would though. be a
0: rumor because we don't yeah. know Shannon Doherty. True.
1: Uh, and then there are some other stipulations that researchers point out for uh, gossip that I also take issue with some of these. Um, the conversation takes place in private, usually the
0: case. Yeah, if not like actual private. Depends on what private it, means. You, you, Everybody's got their shoulders turned. There's sure. like a, a creation of a private situation. Yeah, I got gotcha. you.
1: Uh, people are saying it as if it were fact, even though it's not confirmed. That's definitely true.
0: Yeah, but that's not necessarily the case. That's, I take issue with that one. It's kind of like you were saying, like, I heard. All true. But I haven't checked it out. So take it with a grain of salt, but get this.
1: Yeah. Oh man. I even ended it with a vocal fry. (laughs) Uh, people, oh yeah, we already talked about that, knowing each other. And then the body language and tone, uh, uh, suggests a moral judgment. That's a big one. You know? Like when people use this tone,
0: but again, that's malicious gossip. Typically, there's sure. such a thing. So this is it should be said, and Tracy doesn't really say it in this. Um, I think she was drinking while <laughs> she was writing this one. That's what I heard. That yeah. Um, she didn't lay out that there's really two types of gossip. One is malicious gossip. That's sure. the the type of gossip people think about when they hear the word gossip. But the other type, the far more apparently far more prevalent type, is um regular gossip.
1: Yeah, th- th- wasn't gossip- there some Weird, uh unsubstantiated stat here that only, that 5% was malicious? Yeah. Uh, among most gossip? Yeah. How in the world did they pull that out of their keister? Here's,
0: that's a great question. And who was they? So they are linguists, historians, uh, anthropologists, psychologists, people who started studying gossip for a very long time. Everyone's aware of gossip, but they're like, it's just noise. It's yeah. not to be studied. It's not worth our time. It's to be ignored. <clears throat> and as a matter of fact, there's this really great article in The Atlantic that talked about gossip and how it was viewed. Um, and specifically, there was this thing in 16th and 17th century England. They yeah, didn't like it. Called a scolds bridle. And if you want to see what a scolds bridle is, you should check that out online because there are actual such things. But they're basically iron masks mm-hmm. with like. Points sticking into the, the woman who was accused of gossip's mouth. Usually a woman. Uh-huh. And she would just have to wear that and be publicly humiliated. A lot of them had like a leash leading from them. So I guess the the gossip or the scold is what they used to call them could be paraded around town, right? Yeah, and I
1: also get the feeling that uh, a lot of women were probably made to wear those who just
0: talk too much. Yeah, I, would, I have the same, the same impression as because well. Because of the time period, of right. course. So... That's how people typically viewed gossip. It was something to be stamped out. It was something that was um, very undesirable, and academia treated it the same way. Yeah. Then World War II came around, and, and I think the government saw that there was some real harm that could be done with gossip, with rumors, and they wanted to start to understand that. So that kind of led to the basis of academia investigating what gossip was, what rumors are. Yeah. And then um, over time... Uh, organizations got in on the act because there came this idea that if the rumor mill or the gossip mill in your office was really going overtime, time, yeah. you needed to stamp that out. True. They've found the opposite is actually true.
1: Yeah, they found it can do a mm-hmm. lot in a workplace to keep people in line, uh, either by scaring them in line or uh, what, it, what it seems like a lot of gossip does in that kind of environment is it establishes like the norms. And the cultures expected right. out of the bosses.
0: That's like one low level that's like low level background gossip. Yeah. If it's peaking and really working overtime, yeah. <clears throat> you from what I understand, you're not supposed to attack the gossips. What you're supposed to do is be more transparent at the top and then people don't have reason to gossip. Right. So it's not it doesn't mean that you have a lot of gossips at your place. That's a normal human situation as we'll see. Yeah. It means that your managers and the people who are running the show aren't being open enough for the the hoi polloi's tastes. Right. See what I mean? Yeah. Good point. And that was a big thing that came out of studying it. But to answer your question, I'm about to finish. Yeah. They study it by eavesdropping on, like, people who are talking in cafeterias. That's how about this, the only way you can. Yeah, because it's so spontaneous and it's largely unconscious. Yeah, unless it's, you know, just some dumb
1: poll where you're asking people about gossip and self-reporting polls like that. I, I don't put a lot of uh, stock in, you know?
0: Well, actually, they're funny to look at. There's one that found that about – we spend about three-quarters of our time gossiping, apparently – Yeah,
1: and that's in the broadest sense of the definition.
0: Right, right. Not necessarily malicious. Yeah. Because about 5% of that supposedly is malicious. But people self-report gossiping about, they say they spend about 30% of their time. So rather than 75%, people are like, oh, I only gossip like 30%. Yeah. And all that comes from eavesdropping (laughs) on people and then asking them afterwards whether they gossip.
1: Uh, Tracy points out, rightfully so, that uh, most world religions have always said gossip is a bad thing. Uh, including the Christian Bible. Uh, in Leviticus, thou shalt not go up and down as
0: a talebearer among thy people. Ooh, that was good. By uh, the way, <clears throat> I want to echo the kudos that have rung throughout social media yeah. applauding your um, scary spider growing redneck man <laughs> in the Halloween episode.
1: It was Cletus the slack jawed yokel, sort of, and yeah. my friend Big John. Well, it was good. It was a mashup. I appreciate that.
0: Was Big John in New York?
1: No, he's a, he's in Atlanta. Okay. Um, I actually thought your uh, your vomit take was the funniest part of the whole thing. <laughs>
0: the gag. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
1: Uh, Jewish Torah always uh, also says so. In uh, Buddhism, we have talked about Buddhism before. The Eightfold Path to enlightenment. No place for gossip there, my friend.
0: No way. Not if you want to become one with the universe. No. No gossiping. And like like I said earlier too, it's not just. The religious types that are against it, people in remember member the business world kind of started looking in on this, and they're like, don't gossip. If you want to be a good person, don't gossip. Unless you're,
1: spreading, uh, unless you're spreading a, a gossip rumor that we want you to spread. Right.
0: That's the official company right. line. <laughs>
1: uh, and then there's this uh, dude, Robin Dunbar, who wrote a book called Grooming Gossip and the Evolution of Language. And I looked into this guy. He, he really goes for it. He says that gossip is the whole reason that we have language, and it evolved from primates grooming each other. And that took so much time to groom one another, and it wasn't efficient. That language cr- was created in order to not have to groom one another, and so you would vocal groom, is right. what he called it.
0: So this is kind of a big deal. Let's let's take a break for a second because we're we're pretty deep into this, and we'll talk about Dunbar and his mad ideas after this. Do, 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 do. Wow. All right, Dunbar, Dunbar. Can't put him off any longer. <laughs> Robin Dunbar. Yeah, that's a pretty out there theory, I think. Like Dunbar is saying we developed language so we could gossip in in essence.
1: Yeah, the tie to grooming is where he loses me a bit. Mm-hmm. And vocal grooming, I'm just he says basically it it was a a more efficient way to uh service your allies rather than grooming one another.
0: Right. So, I think what he's saying is that when you, when a uh, primate grooms another primate, it's an act of, um, kindness. Yeah. It's saying, like, I'm doing something nice for you. It gives the other primate who's being groomed an opportunity to reciprocate and sure. form an even stronger bond, right? You scratch my back. But it takes a little while to do all this stuff because you're actually going through the act of grooming. Yeah. Whereas if you just gossip about somebody, um, you can do a lot of that same stuff, it, but just by talking. Yeah, but I don't get what it has to do with picking nits out of fur. It's, it, it, I think what he's saying is, is it's, it developed out of that. Okay. It, it serves a lot of the same purposes. Plus also, it's entirely possible that gossip began around the time, or I guess during grooming sessions. Think about it. If you're just sitting there picking nits out of somebody, are you just going to sit there silently, not chat? Yeah, sure. Start chatting. How, how easy is it going to be to lead to tuk tuk and what he did yeah. after he ate that fermented apple?
1: Sure. It's like the, the barbershop or the beauty shop. It, right. Kinda. Um, there are some different roles though that it does play in social interactions where I guess the, the grooming thing comes into play. Um, entertaining one another, like you said, uh, influence on one another. That's a big one. Um, exchanging information that's important. Uh, and one of the biggest ones is, learning from mistakes that uh, linguists point out is a really big part of gossip or a part of positive gossip in that there's oftentimes a moral lesson attached to it. Yeah. Like you don't want this to happen to you.
0: Right. No, exactly. And it, it kind of, um, in that respect, it gets across somebody who's perhaps a little more established in a group. Maybe an older person,
1: like ingratiate yourself,
0: right? But yeah. but it's also saying like I'm a part of this group. You're a little newer than I am. Let me tell you the story about what this guy did when he transgressed against the group. Yeah, and bad things befell him. Like you said, don't let this happen to you. Don't transgress the group's boundaries. Right, and that's important.
1: If you get if you're like a new hire, they say a lot of gossip right. flies. Uh, like I remember the movie Big. Remember when Tom Hanks gets hired, mm-hmm. the, like the very first thing that happens is John Lovitz comes over mm-hmm. and starts talking about all the gossip of everyone in the office. <laughs>
0: I don't remember that part.
1: Oh, yeah. He talks about like this lady's easy and this guy's a jerk. Uh-huh. And uh, it's just pretty common, I think, when you get a new job. There's always someone in there that's like. And what they're doing, though, is they're not just it's not uh, purely uh, they're trying to help themselves. It's socialization. It's socialization.
0: It's indoctrination. Oh, that is not what I thought you were going to say.
1: No, like, I think they're trying to be like, well, here's a new ally I can get. Right, yeah. So let me, let me, you know.
0: I mean, it's, it's,
1: they're also, it's reciprocal, I guess, to a certain degree.
0: Yeah, pe- both people are getting something out of it. But, yeah. I mean, you make a good point. The person who is doing the gossiping, especially in that situation, is setting themselves up as a, like, a wise, older, sager advisor. Like, I know person. this place.
1: You come right. to me. Yeah. If you want some information.
0: What you'll find, though, over the years is that usually the first person who comes up and starts gossiping to you about how the office works is usually also the most disliked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Sure. That's why they cast John Lovett. Yeah, he's great for that. That or the dude with the forehead the size of a dinner plate who was in all the 80s movies as that oh, same uh, character.
1: Was he the, the jerk in Big? I don't know. You know it? Is it the dad from
0: Home Alone? No, no, no! This is um, the coked up sidekick from the '80s with the huge forehead. He was in. Uh, what was Mad he about you? He was the sidekick in Mad About You. Oh, that guy! Yeah, 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 yeah. Same, same function.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's in that show now. Uh, uh, with Joey Tribbiani. It's it called? Joey. <laughs> no, Melissa and Joey. No, he's on a different... oh oh episodes. Yeah, yeah, he's on episodes too. Okay, great. Show. Does he play himself? Uh, no, he plays a jerk, um, uh, TV executive. Perfect. He's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that guy though. He's such a good actor. No, that's what I'm saying. But he, he always
0: plays that part. He's definitely, he's got that part down.
1: You're right. He's not a romantic lead. Um, a lot of times the feeling of superiority is, uh, another big part of gossip. Yeah. Like I would never do this. Right. Um, and Tracy also points out the old
0: Schadenfreude, which is.
1: One of my favorite words. It's a good word, and one of my least favorite things.
0: That's you must be very ambivalent about that word. What do you mean? Well, if you love it, but you also hate what it means. Well, it's got to tear you up inside.
1: Little, well, I just don't like someone delighting in someone else's misfortune unless it's a bad person. Yeah, like if the Jimmy John's guy like shot his toe off on a big game hunt.
0: Well, oh, I would, oh yeah, he's a big game hunter. I would huh?
1: probably think that was kind of uh, sure. You know. Just dessert.
0: I think that's acceptable, Schadenfreude. Okay. Especially if it was just a relatively uh, minor a, injury, you know? You go Schaden? Yeah, you say Schaden? Schadenfreude? That's <laughs> how I say it. So, Chuck, kind of what, a couple of like we've, we're kind of dancing back and forth across this line, like going to the office, setting up the first day, and having somebody come over and tell you how the things work. Yes, there might be a little bit of malicious gossip in there, but for the most part, that's not bad gossip. That's neutral gossip, right? Yes. But putting someone else down or talking about how how much superior you are by not you would never do what they did. That's definitely the malicious variety. And uh, there's a an idea that if gossip evolved, like um, Robin uh, Leach. Yeah, like like Robin Leach says uh-huh. in his post-Rich uh, and Famous career, he yeah. became an anthropologist, <laughs> you know. Um, Robin Leach says that if, if language evolved as a means of gossiping, mm-hmm. the guy takes it further by saying um, – we, the reason gossip evolved, the reason we needed that in the first place, was because we grew out of these little hunter-gatherer bands of like 15 people. Yeah. And as our societies grew larger and larger, we weren't as able to be able to keep tabs personally on others in this group that's getting bigger and bigger. So you don't know who to trust. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to leave my crops to somebody while I go on a walkabout or something, I need to make sure that all my crops are going to be there when I get back, you sure. know? But I don't really know this guy gossiping serves that function it's it's like a stand-in for being able to keep tabs on everybody else in the society because when you gossip with somebody you're sharing a trust a bond that they're not going to use that information against you that you shared with them that's right and um so there's a there's a definite element of trust to it and when when people gossip in a larger society they're they're Trusting that the person is either vouching for the person or they're being warned against trusting that third party, right? Right. So it works in that same way that it's like a, it's a means of, um, keeping tabs on everybody at the same time. Uh, uh, On the other hand, or at the same time, it's also, um, a means of social control. Because if you know people are gossiping about everybody else, then surely they're gonna gossip about you too, which means you better, just be an upstanding, upright person.
1: Yeah, there was this, uh, this, what's his first name? Feinberg? Let's just say Dr. Feinberg. Dr. Feinberg. At Toronto, in, uh, Toronto, University of Toronto. He's done some studies and he did find, in fact, that, uh, basically they did these studies where there were, um, where you were allowed to exclude non-cooperators in like a group work setting right and they found that you you sit them out for one game like you've not been playing nicely so you go sit over there in the corner and when they came back they were more likely to behave in other rounds and uh if they knew that their behavior was gossiped about people sort of like what you're talking about with the the staring like if you knew Mm -hmm. someone was watching you Mm -hmm. you would return the grocery cart if you know if you know someone's gossiping about you you're gonna toe that line and and get your act together.
0: Exactly. It's, it's again, it's a means of social control. You know who were really, really, really good at gossiping? Uh, the Puritans in colonial America. Oh, I bet they were huge. Like their whole society operated on gossip and yeah. the encouragement of gossip. As sure. a matter of fact, I think women were called gossips. Um and not necessarily negatively. It's just yeah. like that was a really good means of social control. Not only was God watching you, yeah. your neighbors were too, and they would go tell the preacher, who would put a, a scolds bridle on you, and maybe them too for telling, and toss you in the lake. Yeah, and, and if you if you drowned, you weren't a witch,
1: right? <laughs> uh All right, well, let's take another break, and we'll talk a little bit more about some studies and some uh, other theories about the origins of gossip. <laughs> Uh, so Feinberg, we talked about the Dr. doctor. Dr. Feinberg? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I hope he or she is a doctor. Um, But if not, we just gave him an honorary sure. doctorate.
0: Sure. Honorary doctor from Stuff You Should Know You.
1: People are going to request those now, which is great.
0: Oh, well, we can sell them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so one thing that he found is that gossip can also relieve you um, physiologically. Like if you know that you're allowed to gossip, you won't get as upset about unfair things mm-hmm. than if you had to hold it all in.
0: Uh, or uh, it's like a way of setting injustice right. Yeah. You know? I like it. It's street justice. <laughs> right. Cubicle <Except> justice. <laughs> without like a out shotgun, <laughs> as Charles Bronson would dispense it, right? Uh, yeah. Good point. Man, have you gone back and seen Death Wish recently? That is a rough movie. Yeah, of course. Same with Death Wish 2. What did you think it was? I mean, <laughs> I remember seeing movies when I was a kid and just being like, you know, as a, growing up, you're, you're like, this is nothing. Yeah. That was something. Those movies were very violent and very disturbing. You see, Charles Brunson did not ask questions. No, he just <laughs> shot everybody. <laughs> he did. Man, that was crazy. Why, why'd you go back uh, and rewatch watch Death Wish? Got to watch something. Yeah. Good point. Uh, it was on. That's why. Gotcha. I was like, I haven't seen Death Wish in forever. When's the last time you saw it?
1: Oh, it's been a while. It's disturbing. Yeah?
0: Especially as an adult.
1: You know what movie I love, uh, what, uh, Charles Brunson movie I love is, uh. The Mechanic? Well, that one's good too. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Ten Past Midnight?
0: Is that right? I think that's on Netflix too, maybe.
1: There was, there was some creepy, uh, serial killer. Yeah. Like psychosexual killer yeah. that he was, he was, he's always hunting somebody. He was right. the Liam Neeson of his day.
0: So that was like supposedly a very, very underrated horror thriller. Yeah. Like horror slasher thriller. I, I'm with you all the way. I haven't seen it. It's good, though. It's good. I'll check it out. Very creepy. And I,
1: and I learned, well, it's not for kids, because I learned some things in that movie. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. It's one of those I can specifically remember. It's like, oh, well, that's how I know what this is.
0: Right. <laughs> Charles Bronson will teach you all about life, whether you want to learn it or not. I think it was 10 past midnight.
1: Um, All right. Sorry about that sidetrack. Where were we?
0: Uh, we were talking about the origins of gossip.
1: Oh yeah, there's, um, did you read that, uh, other article I sent? Um, I think it was from The Guardian. I can't remember. Where one of the, uh, the theories is that. That was BBC. That was a BBC that yeah, yeah. hunting and gathering and foraging was a big reason gossiping came about because you had to know, you had to talk about each other. Like, you know, Tuk you know, is not very good at right. the hunting, but he's quite the gatherer. So <laughs> it helps them organize. Oh, yeah. In the most efficient way to get things done. Right. Because uh, how is she going to know unless you tell somebody what's going on? Right. So that makes sense.
0: No, it is. And again, if this person, if the if the band is large enough or the civilization is large enough that the person can't keep an eye on tuk-tuk all the time, mm-hmm. that's how that person will gain understanding of tuk-tuk's abilities. Poor tuk-tuk. Keeping tabs on poor tuk-tuk. <laughs> uh, and then the other cool thing
1: I thought was the uh, when we finally learned to harness fire... Uh, this hypothesis is during the day we were out, you know, trying to stay alive and doing our thing, finding, building shelters, hunting for food, finding mm-hmm. water. Yeah. And at night when we finally got fire, well, before fire, you would just go to sleep and rest because it was dark and it's weird to sit around in the dark. But once they had fire, people literally from the very beginning started sitting around and talking about their day. Right. And kind of gossiping about what happened.
0: Right. Which and it's amazing. Hard, it's hard to blame anybody if you think about it. Like, When's the last time you had a legitimately interesting conversation about fantastical stuff? It, it, they're, yeah. they're few and far between. For the most part, people are talking about their day. They're talking about people they work with. Right. They're talking about some dude that cut them off in traffic. They're talking about their immediate yeah. experience. So, of course- You're gonna gossip. It's this if if the definition of gossip is talking about people who aren't there. Yeah. Every you're right. Everyone gossips. You're going to. It's a completely natural thing. And I'm totally unsurprised by the idea that it started out at the first campfire. Sure it did, of course.
1: And it still happens today, apparently. There are researchers who studied um Bushmen in the Kalahari Desert in Botswana. And they say that the, the language and the stories and the things they say during the day are completely different than the things they say at night around the campfire. And they say there's really no reason to think this hasn't always been the case.
0: Huh, that's neat. Yeah. Um, so you said it still goes on today and we were talking about modern studies of gossiping, right? Yes. Um, one of the, there was like a series of studies. I don't know if they were all from the U of Toronto or not, but they, they seem to be somewhat related where it was, um, outside observers could watch people playing games and they noticed cheaters. So they had this information about cheaters that the people playing the games didn't have about the cheaters right. And when they were given the the chance to let the players know about a cheater to send them, I think like a, a gossip note is what they called it, <laughs> um, they they would most people would take them up on the offer and would send a note of warning to the person that they were playing somebody who was cheating. Yeah. Um, And they, like you said, they went from being really upset and up in arms to that release valve being undone and everything was fine with the world again because that person had been alerted to cheating through gossiping. So there is such thing as altruistic gossiping as well.
1: Yeah. uh, With altruism, Tracy had another example of, let's say there's like a choral group and the self-appointed leader is really kind of uh, lazy And if someone, um, then other people are kind of making up the slack doing the duties that, um, he or she should be doing. So when new comes in the group and they say, Hey, listen, this, this girl, Jane is the head of, uh, the choral group, Mm -hmm. but you should know, don't count on Jane to bring the sheet music for you because she never does it. Right. So that's sort of altruistic in that you're helping someone learn the rules of your new group, but you're also kind of talking smack and making yourself superior to Jane.
0: Right. And then, so Tracy added this one other thing that some people would say that the the person who's doing that is really, like you said, just talking smack and isn't really working toward a a solution to the actual problem, which is Jane being slack at her job, right? Right. And I wonder, like, that's a really good descriptor of what gossip is. Like, gossip would be talk that's not directed toward any kind of solution. It's just talking. Yeah. You know, like if you take that same conversation to somebody who can fire Jane or make her do her job, right. You would, no one would consider that gossip. Yeah, because it's directed toward a goal, toward the solution. So I guess, and that's probably one thing that people don't like about gossip. It's, it's really, in a lot of ways, it's just blowing off steam. It's not really serving any direct purpose. They all seem to be indirect. Yeah. Like socializing people. I did. Now I need an honorary doctorate from somewhere. (laughs) Oh, you've got one. Um, and then, lastly, Chuck. Uh, one of the other things, especially from malicious bond, um, malicious uh, gossip, is that um, when somebody, it's a very dangerous game, right? When you're gossiping with somebody, especially with somebody that you're not super tight with, um, you. You run the risk of scaring that person. Right. Because if there's one thing that people do when they hear gossip, it's they take themselves and put themselves in that situation. Right. And one of the things that you will immediately think when you're being gossiped to is, well, this person gossips, so uh, they could very easily be gossiping about me. Right. How much should I trust this person? Yeah. And that's especially pertinent when it's not already like a tight pair and when the gossip is malicious. You yeah. Know? Good point. Yeah. Well, it's not mine. I'm just relating facts.
1: You ever see, uh you ever watch that Gossip Girl
0: show? No. But there's a Twitter handle, Gossip Girl, I noticed in my research. I'm sure and that's it's like the real, show, right? No, it's like real gossip. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. i never seen it either.
0: But it's not real gossip because it's all celebrity gossip.
1: Right. I think that's a kid's, not a kid's show. A show for younger people than me. Sure. It's not for middle-aged men,
0: although I do like it, uh, Blake Lively. So, well, that was one other thing, too. Like, yeah. and I don't, We haven't come out and said this. Um, there's a definite uh, perception that gossip is much more prevalent among women.
1: Sure, but it's, that's not true. No,
0: it? no. Research shows that men and women basically across the board equally gossip. It's old white men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's old white men.
1: Old white men under attack in America. <laughs> News at 11. <laughs> you guys did it again.
0: You got anything else? Uh, No, sir. You'd be in trolley. You know that? Yeah, I know. Uh, If you want to know more about gossip, you can type that word in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, and it will bring up this article, complete with totally superfluous illustrations that will baffle the mind. Um, True. Did you see him? Yeah. It's just weird. I kept looking. Like, Did I miss a a story or something that relates to that? No. It became a game. I find, (laughs) find the meaning. Yeah. Uh, and I think I said search bar, and I think I said how stuff works. But either way, it's time for listening now. Uh, I'm going to call this uh, Disney.
1: Disney band. Hello, Chuck, Josh, and Jerry, and Neil.
0: <laughs> really? Wasn't Neil the chair? No, Frank was the chair. I think he means Noel. Oh, probably so. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Uh, Neil.
1: I've been listening for a few months now. Uh, binging episodes like, uh, well, I can't see what she says. Um, I just listened to your part one of fairy tales in uh, last night on my way to work. The reason I'm writing is about the original little mermaid story. When I was growing up, my parents were hardcore Southern Baptists. During my childhood, the Southern Baptist convention did not like that Disney was friendly toward homosexuals and supported evolution. So they called on all the churches to boycott Disney. So my parents, the good Southern Baptists that they were, took everything Disney out of our house. And we weren't allowed to have any Disney clothes or watch the Disney Channel. And, of course, no Disney movies. Uh, so when the Disney version of The Little Mermaid came out in 1991, I was in first grade. All my friends watched it and loved it. My mom was at a loss. Uh, luckily, Golden Films released their own version of The Little Mermaid. And my mom bought it. Uh, I watched this many times as a child, honestly thinking this was the only version. Didn't learn until a few years later uh, when I saw the original at a friend's house. Um... Boy, I bet she felt like. <laughs> watching The Little Mermaid. It's in color? <laughs> uh, the, this version I saw followed the original story by Hans Christian Andersen, complete with a terrifying sea witch and the suicide at the end, which was a great movie for a first grader. Uh, the sea witch starred in my nightmares.
0: That's about the time that I started smoking cigarettes.
1: <laughs> so thanks for all the great sidetracking, as well as the amazing content you provide, and that
0: is from Lindsay. Well, thanks a lot, Lindsay. Appreciate that. Glad you uh, finally got to see The Little Mermaid. I like that Did she thanked us for sidetracking. Some people do. Sure. It's pretty infrequent. People are like, too on point. Yeah. And th- when they do, I'm like, buddy, you long. have a long <laughs> archive to go through <laughs> yeah. if that bothers you. We got there's a lot of good sidetracks today. And it was 10 past midnight, by the way. Nice. Nice. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff you should know. You can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com and Chuck, as always, join us at our home on the web, Stuff Chuck, Chuck. Yes. Stuff you should know, Chuck, yes. dot com.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Are you thirsty? Well, Richard's rainwater is caught clean before it even hits the ground. Rain is naturally pure, so there's no need for harsh chemicals or additives. Richard's rainwater contains no chlorine, no forever chemicals,